listeners, and welcome back to Milky Way Radio. As per usual, I am your host, Alex, here to serve as your guide through the wonderfully chaotic mess that is our Milky Way. What is going on in our galaxy? Let's find out as we jump right into the news. On the human capital of Mars, in the city of Wakefield, the local police are currently in some hot water for failing to follow proper protocol regarding the incarceration of a Mr. Victor Flint. Mr. Flint was arrested a few weeks ago for a variety of crimes, including but not limited to armed robbery, assault and battery, murder in all three degrees, indecent exposure, etc. When being processed for said crimes, proper protocol and procedure were not followed, and as a result, when he appeared before the court, he requested to invoke his right to a trial by combat and proceeded to open fire on the judge, the prosecution, and his own lawyer with an unregistered firearm. He was quickly subdued shortly thereafter by police, though not before injuring three more people. The judge died in transit to the nearest hospital, and the prosecution, along with his own attorney, are in critical condition. When questioned as to how Mr. Flint was able to hold onto an unregistered firearm while in police custody, the Wakefield Police Department made no comment. Following the incident, there has been an increasing trend where defendants across Mars are requesting to invoke their right to trial by combat. Whether as a tongue-in-cheek joke or as a legitimate request, it is unknown. Regardless, the Wakefield Police Department has begun issuing public service announcements informing the general public that they do not have a right to trial by combat and that it has not been a legitimate legal right for millennia. Moving on to the story that is making headlines all across the galaxy, the Galactic Senate is currently voting right now to determine whether or not to go to war against the Centauri Dominion. In case you live underneath a rock or simply don't concern yourself with politics, these tensions have been going on for quite some time and are reaching an all-time high. This rivalry between the imperialistic theocracy and our complex democracy has stretched back millennia and they have had their fair share of conflicts back in the day, but the game has changed. In the old days, they were both fledglings making their way in this galaxy and lacked the military power to truly dominate the other. Now they are both superpowers in their prime, and as they both expand outwards attempting to claim the Milky Way for their own, they are at a crossroads. There can only be one on top after all, and both sides want the throne for themselves, but neither is too eager to cast the first stone, leading to a long and fragile peace over the past centuries, but it may now be coming to an end. Tensions have increased in recent years as they compete to claim resource-rich systems and politically significant systems over to their side. There has also been substantial evidence that the Dominion has tampered with elections within bordering regions of Confederate space in an attempt to undermine our democracy and attempted to destabilize certain regions through proxy. Though there is a strong movement favoring war, there are many within the Senate that strongly oppose this idea. There are many planets and systems out there that believe that we should put every effort into de-escalating the situation. Given the size and power of both parties, many experts put the winner of an all-out conflict to a coin toss. Not the best odds. The Chudigans, in particular, are spearheading the argument to sue for peace and are even proposing that we attempt to actively appease the Dominion by surrendering over the Argo system as a show of good faith an idea that most vertebrae species across the galaxy consider to be quite spineless. One thing I am sure most of us can agree on is that this situation has no easy answer and we can all only hope for the best as the Senate will come to a decision in the coming days. Mars sure does seem to be on the news today as our last story comes from the small rural town of Bellum on Mars. 
as locals have decided to re-elect Mitchie the cat as mayor for her second consecutive term. Mitchie is quite popular with the townspeople of Bellum, and it is clearly shown in her approval ratings from her last term, which was an unprecedented 93%. She first began her career in politics when she realized she was only one year old, and her owner Doug Barry decided to put her name on the ballot when he realized that Mitchie technically met all the requirements to run for office. She began to gain a serious following soon after the previous lead candidate's sex scandal broke out. Within the span of a few weeks, Mitchie became the new lead candidate and won the office with 8,000 votes behind her name. Ever since, she has remained in favor with the people of Bellum. One citizen, when asked how they felt about having a cat as mayor, said that she had done a surprisingly good job as mayor. Mitchie has done a lot of great things for the town, such as lowering tax rates and setting up a lot of charity events. Mitchie's latest plans for the town is to begin fixing up a lot of old run-down infrastructure, such as worn-down roads and bridges, as well as expanding a bit to accommodate for their growing population. She also hopes to increase tourism in the town by approving the construction of the Dark Water Nature Center. Sounds like Mitchie has got some big plans in store for the town of Bellum, and I hope that her career continues to flourish throughout her second term. Before we go any further, I would like to take a few moments to bring you some words from our sponsors. Everyone knows one of the most important things in life is family. Where would we be without a mother's love or the guiding example of a father? Humans are social by nature. We aren't meant to go through life alone. We all need support, whether it comes in the form of a parent, sibling, or a friend to hang out with. Maybe your job requires you to relocate and you can no longer see your family. Or maybe you and your old friends just drifted apart. Whatever the reason may be, KinCorp is here to help. We here at KinCorp are dedicated to providing you with the support that you need. We aren't like other social rental services that just send some half-hearted, underpaid actor your way. We hold ourselves to a higher standard, and customer satisfaction is our top priority. Each of our employees has been put through thorough and rigorous training to ensure that they fit their role so well, you will almost forget that they are paid to be there. Need a shoulder to cry on? Not a problem. Need a date for a social event? We've got it taken care of. Want a father figure for your child? Say no more. Just want a friend to grab a drink with? We have got you covered. We offer a variety of workers to suit any possible social need you require, and we also offer a variety of flexible payment options. We understand that not everyone can shovel out 30,000 credits a year for a rental dad, and that's okay. We can custom tailor a plan suitable for any financial circumstances you may be in, whether it's on an hourly basis or month to month. KinCorp promises to do everything that we can to help get you the social care that you need. Why be alone when we're just a phone call away? KinCorp. Everyone needs a friend. So that just about wraps up our sponsored messages for today, and thanks once again to our wonderful sponsors for making this show possible one ad space at a time. So moving on to our discussion segment. Immortality. To live forever immune to aging and disease and to continue on with the vigor of youth is one of the oldest and most elusive goals for most spacefaring races. As technologies progressed, we've arrived at a point in which that forbidden fruit is right within grasp, but if we take it, if we decide, hey, I'm not really feeling this whole getting old and dying bit, I think I'd rather not. What would that mean for society? Death has been one of our greatest obstacles for longer than any of us could ever know a natural part of life, a fundamental part of the cycle, and for the longest time it has been unavoidable. 
an uncomfortable but unyielding part of life that we all simply have to come to terms with and accept. But now, through bodily augmentation, it is no longer the unscalable mountain it once was. And though for now the process of avoiding death is quite expensive and not really possible for most individuals, as technology progresses and the science is improved upon, it will become easier and less costly, and soon we may see a day where everyone can enjoy the benefits. This will come with some changes, whether for good or bad we don't know just yet, but we can speculate. So, what are the state of things right now as we speak? Well, it is possible to extend organic life well beyond its normal lifespan, that much is certain. When organs simply aren't doing their intended function well enough, they can simply be removed and replaced with much better functioning mechanical replacements. Cells can be rejuvenated through various pharmaceutical drugs and treatments, though not yet indefinitely. The mind can be preserved through stem cell treatments and various neuromaintaining drugs, though the limitations of these treatments are not yet fully known. So as of right now, acquiring biological immortality is still a bit out of grasp, though our lifespans can be extended for quite a while if you know the right people and have the money to back it up. Organic bodies are great at reproducing and spreading genes, but tend to be terrible at sticking around past a certain point. Once we hit a certain age, we simply enter a period of degeneration that can be slowed but never stop. Some species are certainly better at staving off the non-yielding advance of death, such as the Illyrians, who have an average lifespan of around half a millennia, but even they eventually succumb to nature as well. But machines don't have these same problems. Achieving immortality through bionic augmentation is possible for most species. It has been done and is now commercially available, but not particularly affordable for 99% of the population. Immortality through technological means is a lot easier because, well, machines are just a lot easier to deal with. Sure, melding a machine with man can be tricky, but it's a hurdle we're getting better and better at jumping over. Ignoring the pesky philosophical question of whether or not it's still technically you once you've replaced 99% of your body with a machine, technologically acquired immortality is here and technology is constantly improving and becoming less costly. So what does it mean when we reach a point when everyone can do it? Well, I am sorry to disappoint any non-human listeners, but that is a massive question to answer, and the answer is going to be different for the various cultures and races throughout the galaxy, as they would all deal with the effects in a different and unique way, so I'll mostly be covering the effects of immortality on human society. It would change the entire game. Everything about human society would change from social relationships and cultures to how our workforce functions and our greater goal in the universe. We would have to restructure the entire way our race functions in order to deal with that kind of revolution. For the sake of argument and in order to save time, let's just assume that we are capable of handling such a transition. We've handled similar changes before, you know, automation, industrial revolution, all that jazz. So what would society look like? Well, for starters, let's look at some of the social impacts of immortality. Marriage would likely no longer be a thing, or if it still was, would undergo some radical changes, at least according to respected psychologist Alan Camden, who has pondered the same question that we have, and whose thoughts we'll be continue to take a look at for the rest of the segment. He says the way things are now, we live life in phases. You know, childhood, teenage years, young adult, middle age, senior years, and then we die. We pass through these phases as our bodies change and develop over the course of time, and changes our perceptions and viewpoints and shape the way that we live our lives, and why we do the things that we do. We spend our young adult years educating ourselves to build careers, 
so that we can make a decent living for our middle-aged years and take it easy once we get old and can't work as much as we could before. Take aging out of the equation and that all goes away. Say everyone makes the immortal switch around 25 to 30, prime human years. We know we won't die, at least not of natural causes. So what's the point of trying to set yourself up for retirement when that will never come? You'll never start aging, your body won't begin to degrade, you'll have the same amount of energy and strength in 500 years that you have right now. Alan Camden believes that many people will lose drive or motivation to acquire life goals. Procrastination is something that everyone suffers from to some degree, pushing things off for a later time, but at some point we all have to confront it because death is coming, whether we want it or not. But without death, we have all of eternity in front of us, or at least until the eventual heat death of the universe. Why do something today when we have all the time in the universe to get around to it? Marriage would also change too. My inner romantic would like to believe that lifelong unions would still be a thing. That there is someone out there for you that you are destined to be with, that you could spend eternity with happily. We are social animals after all. We seek out others to be with. Sadly, Alan had some other thoughts. While Camden believes that people do get married out of love, he thinks that it's only one piece of the puzzle. There are four primary reasons why people get married, Camden says. Love, social pressure, pragmatism, and security. Social pressure goes back to the phases of life thing. You get into a relationship with a special someone, you stick together for a while, and soon all of your friends and family members are getting married around your age, but for some reason you and your beloved haven't tied the knot yet, and as the years go by, it seems like you're missing out, so you decide to get married. But with immortality in the picture, Life phases will fade away, getting rid of that pressure to get married because it's what people at your age do. People also get married for the benefits of being married. Two people bring in more income than one, tax benefits, shared insurance programs, and so on. Not the most romantic reason to get married, but it's true. There are a lot of benefits that married couples have that unmarried couples don't. Finally, we come on to security, not just physical, but also emotional. Humans are social animals, and we generally need other people in our lives to support us and share life experiences with. But in life, people come and go, they don't always stick around forever, and as we get older, it's harder to form bonds and lasting friendships, and loneliness is a difficult emotion to deal with. Marriage can be a bit of a security blanket for some, a kind of assurance that you'll always have someone in your corner even if everyone else leaves. No one wants to die alone. But if you are immortal, you don't really have to worry about dying alone. You may be lonely in the moment, but you'll have all of eternity to find someone else. Now, while immortality might impact marriage significantly, Camden doesn't believe the institution will go away altogether, rather that it will evolve to our new way of life. He believes that instead of marriage as being a lifelong partnership, that it will evolve into a long-term commitment contract and that people will go through various marriages throughout their lengthy lifespans. While we may no longer feel the social pressure to seal the deal, at our core, we still like to be with other people, we still love other people, and it would still be pragmatic to get married. Immortality would also heavily impact our working class. We already have gone through a bit of a struggle with the effects of automation, and immortality would only add another layer of complication. The way things go now generally is you get an education, you find an entry-level job, you work your way up to a better position, continue to move up and stick around at a decent position until you retire and die. But if we become immortal, then we could see people sticking around in their jobs for centuries instead of 30 to 40 years. And there are only so many positions available. With higher paying jobs being occupied by those that came before, 
many people will enter the workforce and remain in an entry-level purgatory for quite some time. Dealing with the job scarcity issues requires one of two solutions, either through the creation of more jobs through human expansion or human birth rates would have to be artificially limited and remain at a level that would ease the effects of job scarcity on the market, reproducing only as necessary when the population drops below a certain point. Endless expansion into the cosmos is kind of how we already deal with the whole automation issue. So stacking a never-dying population on top of all of that, and our endless expansion into the universe could be problematic. For starters, we share the galaxy with many other species, and there is only so much territory we can claim before some of our galactic neighbors start getting a bit concerned. We've already hit that point before, back when we were new on the galactic scene and started going around claiming everything we landed on as our own. Our rapid expansion will likely be seen as imperialistic and would likely incur a bit of resistance from the greater galactic community. Space is a big place, so we could expand for a while, but when we have all of eternity to do so, well, our galaxy isn't infinite, so we would reach a point when we either have to stop expanding, and we'll be back at square one, or we have to start taking territory from others, which isn't very nice. Artificially reducing the birth rate is a viable solution. And if we become immortal ourselves, it might reduce it naturally as people may hold off having children since there wouldn't be as much of a rush. Artificially reducing the birth rate is a viable solution. And if we become immortal ourselves, it might reduce it naturally as people may hold off on having children since there wouldn't be as much of a rush. So in theory, we could deal with a never-dying population, but we would have to expand endlessly into space to continue creating enough jobs for everyone or stagnate our growth forever. There would be other issues as well, one of which I find interesting is how criminal punishment would change. Today, we simply stick someone in a cell for a few decades or the rest of their lives if the crime is severe enough, but if someone lives forever, how do we proceed? Would a few decades of prison time still be a deterrent if you had the rest of eternity waiting for you? What would we do about life sentences? Would we just lock someone up until the very prison around them turns to dust, or would we get rid of them altogether? Would execution take its place? Who knows? The, so criminal justice would need a bit of an update. And then there is the scariest result of immortality in my opinion. Even if we can technologically prevent death, it doesn't mean that we won't ever die. It just means that we have mortality without a foreseeable end. Sure, our mechanical bodies will be a lot tougher than our biological ones, but they can still be destroyed, which significantly increases our odds of being killed in some form of violent death. But you know, maybe I'm just being a pessimist here. Immortality and how we would deal with it is an unknown, and there is no greater fear than that of the unknown and what we do not understand. It would shake things up for sure, but we've dealt with great societal changes in the past and made it out relatively fine. Change is scary, but that's no reason to halt progression forward just because we're scared of what we might find. If we resisted change just because we feared what it might bring, we wouldn't be here today. Through this discussion, we can see that there would be quite a bit that would have to take into account moving forward, but as long as we're cautious and try to remain aware of the challenges moving forward, I think we'll be alright. And besides, the day where immortality is available to everyone is still a ways off, it won't be available for everyone at least for another few centuries, so if you aren't a big fan of the big switch, then you don't have much to worry about. Unless you do wish to live forever, in which case you should probably start saving right now. Well, listeners, as much as I would love to continue this show on forever, I am afraid we are out of time for today. Before I leave you all, I have a fun fact for you. If two pieces of the same type of metal touch in space, 
they will weld together. This is a phenomenon known as cold welding. This doesn't happen on most planets due to their atmospheres. It creates a layer over the metal which separates that from other pieces of metal that it comes into contact with. But in space, the atoms in the metal have no way of distinguishing themselves from one another because there is no air barrier between them, resulting in them being welded together. As always, listeners, it has been a pleasure. Until next time, goodbye.